Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey. Dave. What's up? And Tori. Hello, Internet. All right. Every week we do good thing to start us off. So, Craig, what's your good thing? Um, crack. Come back to me. No. At least he came up with Castalist. We're, we're doing this in alphabetical <laughs> order because a couple of weeks ago oh, wait, we tried wait. not doing that and, like, there were these oh, huge oh, gaps where nobody wanted to go. Yeah, you just cut those out. Um, so I already mentioned 20XX last week, right? Like, we're, we're set on that one? For now, it's 20XDX. Sure. Is it? XDX. Um, I already mentioned, crap, I thought I had something and now I'm completely drawing a blind. Is your good thing the giant snowstorm that I'm getting? That is not a good thing. But, uh, dude, you know what? My good thing will be, uh, the melting pot. I just ate there recently. And, uh, it's expensive. And there's a lot of food, which is both good and bad. But it's also tasty. That's good. And it's an experience, so it's it's not like you go eat for an hour and then you're done. I don't know how they do it. Like, three hours for for a new person, and even we were there, it was like two and a half hours I think we were there for, so it's like, it's a thing. I don't really. understand the appeal. You're, you're going to have right? to explain to me what you liked about it. Yes, I've been, and I didn't like it because... Like, they bring you raw meat and the little pot to cook it in, and then you have to wait for your dinner to cook right in front yep. of you. And yep. It takes a long time. No, no. Oh. Each each piece of meat's only, like, two minutes, maybe two and a half minutes. And with with a... If you're there with a, a friend or your partner or whatever, like, you're chatting the whole time. And you also... You can get into a good rhythm where you'll start, like making the food while you're currently eating the other piece. It's just really to get started, because it's just, you know, dip it, have a timer running. Um, But, honestly, that's all well and good. The good part, of course, is the dessert. Like, that's the, this is really good type thing. Um, I actually tried a a new new type. I like the Banana Foster, but they took it off their menu, but apparently you can ask for that. So, I highly recommend the Banana Foster, which is amazing. Uh, but the flaming turtle was pretty good. But yeah, it's it's really for the dessert. Honestly, if the dessert wasn't that good, I probably wouldn't recommend melting pot. But like, you throw in a really good dessert and just the whole. Actually, the appetizer is really good too. Some good cheese. Oh, it's just it's just the experience. Like it's it's different. So, I, I guess it's not for everyone. But yeah. All right, Dave. What is your good thing this week? My good thing this week is Dr. Zevia. It's exactly what it sounds like. I don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> it's a soda ripoff of Dr. Pepper, but it has stevia in it. And I'm not uh-huh. really... I don't really love soda, and I'm kind of against the idea of sugar substitutes as a general idea. Stevia 
I can stand slightly more each time I try it. Uh, but I currently can't drink most juices or chocolate milk. So if I want something with a little flavor in it, then a good old can of Dr. Zevia does the trick. Um, I might have a recommendation for you, Dave. There's some like powder, you know, the, the, the mixes you can put in water. Um, I've, I've tried a couple of them and not all of them have sugar in it. Like some have stevia, um, which I think is definitely better when it comes to the, the artificial sweeteners. Cause it's not really artificial, but, right. um, that's why I said sugar. Yeah. So, so there are some mixes. If you look in like the protein powder section, there might be something there that you can use if you were interested in a variety. Do they have chocolate milk? Um, I'm trying to chocolate. think if there's because I've tried a few. I've tried a few chocolate um, protein drinks. I'm trying to think if any had no sugar though. I'm not sure. There's a lot of different like protein drinks though, so I'm sure there's some that don't have any sugar. I know there's a bunch of them that are non-dairy. So yeah, dairy's fine. Milk isn't milk has sugar in it, but heavy cream does not. Okay, and butter does not. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week is, I think I'm going to finish up my, my siblings who make things with the Cohen brothers. Uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen are writers, directors, producers, editors, cinematographers, like they do all the things. And on their own films, they largely do all the things. Um, they actually have a, like one of the best cinematographers in the business, uh, Roger Deakins is like their guy starting, uh, I think, with Fargo. It was his first movie with them. Quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, so, so yes. The Coen brothers, whether you recognize the name or not, you have almost certainly seen at least one of their films. Um, they had an extremely good run from, like, 94 to 99, of Fargo, The Big Lebowski. Um, oh, wait, hang on. Before Fargo was The Hudsucker Proxy, then Fargo, then mm -hmm. The Big Lebowski, then I had this. Hang on, let me look it up. Didn't they do Oh, Brother, Where Are Yeah, Oh, Brother, Where Are That's really good. That, that was good. That was the last one of, of that run. Um, yeah. They have also had some movies that, as far as I can tell, were made for an audience of themselves. Um, things like Barton Fink and where is the other one? The Man Who Wasn't There. Yeah, I'm not going to watch either of those movies ever. They they do not sound appealing to me. But when they're when they're like really really good, they're really really good. Um. The latest thing they've made is called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, which was released on Netflix in, I want to say, December 2018, so it's still fairly new. And I highly recommend it as as sort of like a good example of sort of like the range of what you get uh, from the Coen brothers. It's, it's actually like six short films, like, together in an anthology. The thing that they share sort of is that they are all set in in like the old west um but yeah the the tones of each of these like shorts is they vary very very wildly 
Um, the first one, the title, the title one, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, is functionally a Bugs Bunny cartoon, but like live action. And then that sounds cool. It's I enjoyed that one quite a bit. Um, I don't want to go into all six of them; that'll take forever, and that's not what we do. But yeah, uh, check out The Ballad of Buster Scruggs if you if you just sort of want. Like, a good example of all the things that the Coen brothers do. Like, their full range, basically. Alright, Tori, you are up next. What's your good thing? Uh, before I start, I would like to apologize for the sounds that my dog is making. Because he's sitting at my feet, chewing on a bone. So if you hear some weird gnawing noises, uh, please know I am not being eaten. Um, <laughs> it's just my dog. Um my good thing this week is The Twistable Turnable Man, which is a tribute album to the songs of Shel Silverstein, the guy who wrote mm. Light in the Attic and Where the Sidewalk Ends. I didn't realize that he also wrote songs. Uh, I was looking up one of his books in the library catalog and the CD came up in the search results and I thought... Some of his poems set to music, and since I use, um, I, I play guitar and I sing during story time, I thought it, you know, maybe these would be some good additions to story time. So I got the CD. Um, but no, the guy actually wrote songs in addition to all of the poems that he's famous for. Uh, some of these songs you will have heard of, um, such as A Boy Named Sue, made famous by Johnny Cash, and, um, the cover of The Rolling Stone, which was uh, from Dr. Hook in The Medicine Show. Uh, I didn't realize Shel Silverstein wrote those. So, um, yeah, the, the whole album is pretty fun, and uh, I enjoyed it. Neat. Um, so, Dave, you read, you read some chapters this week, right? Oh, yeah, I read chapters 35 through 38 this week. I really hope you did, because I didn't. Well, maybe I can jog your memory. So, I'll start with chapter 35. Vin is beginning to accept the fact that she's beautiful. Bree skips out on dinner. Set started dinner without his guest. The nerve. <laughs> Set doesn't want Alrianne back. Set and Ellen discuss politics and freedom versus safety. Ellen rises to leave, but Set wants to talk ATM. Ellen admits there is no ATM, and Bree's reverse psychology set into coming. Vin burns bronze and contemplates all the misty secrets that died with Lord Ruler. So here we have Vin getting ready to go out to dinner. This is the dinner that Ellen is meeting with Set. And under the pretense that they're going to discuss Alrian, Set starts eating dinner without them because they're late. And he's like, ah, you Luthadel folk are wrapped up in tradition. So, you know, they start eating and... Finn detects that there's no poison. and So anyway, Ellen's like, don't you want to talk about your daughter? And he's like, nah, you can keep the fluff, the pink fluff girl. And, uh, you know, he, he really just wants to talk about the ATM. And Ellen tells him there is no ATM, but Set isn't really believing him. But, you know. And meanwhile, Vin is... Sitting there contemplating as she's burning bronze, trying to figure out who is an allomancer within the group. And uh, 
you know, thinking about how she can pierce copper clouds and wondering what other Allomancy secrets there are. So, uh, Ellen uh, leaves dinner and that's that. Contemplating life. Chapter okay. 36. Sazed is caring for the refugees. Sazed confuses Tindwill. Bronze Mind stores wakefulness. Sazed leaves with Tindwill to show her the rubbings. Breeze was soothing Sazed and Tindwill? He thinks that they might have been an item at one time. Breeze and Glubs have a bro date. Alrianne joins them. Is Alrianne a soother? Yes, answered immediately. Lol. <laughs> Vin senses Clubs burning copper. Vin decides it's time to throw Demo in prison. Vin and Ursula follow Demo into the city street. Demo is totally a ninth level priest in the Order of the Church of the Survivor. <laughs> ninth and- level? <laughs> ninth level. I don't Demo know, he's at least ten. <laughs> yeah, but he gets a bonus feed at level nine. <laughs> he's the survivor. Demo encourages the people to tell their congressman to vote for Elland. Apparently the survivor <laughs> picked Elland? I don't know. Demo preaches about yellow sun and green grass. Like, what? Vin talks with Demo and thanks him for his loyalty. Vin puts Demo in the maybe pile. Alright, so... A lot of different scenes in this chapter. So Sazed is caring for these refugees that are on the run from the Kolos. Of course, uh, they went through Lord Venture's camp, and Lord Venture went and took every good man of combat and every resource that they had as he allowed them to pass through. And Tindal just doesn't really understand Sazed. And they talk about the uh, bronze mind and how the bronze mind stores wakefulness. And I'm going to give myself half a point on that. Because I said that bronze stored sanity. Yes, you did. I remember that. And I, you know, I think if you're in the process of storing wakefulness into your bronze mind, you're bound to be a little crazy. No, wait. What? Yeah. Cranky. Look, I'll maybe give you a quarter point. Ah, half is a bit generous. (laughs) Sanity and wakefulness are very different. I'll give you a quarter point. You can't have one without the other, though. That's the thing. All so, right. and point point of order, uh, Al- Alrianne is a rioter, not a soother. Right, okay. Did I say soother? I-, I was thinking rioter. I was thinking she would be the opposite of Breeze. Yeah, yeah. she, she okay. does the same thing, just in a different direction. Right. Uh, so, Zayzid and Tindwell exit the scene to go uh, talk about... Uh, says its discovery in the synod of Conclavia. Uh, what? Forget what that it was. Sounds called. about right. <laughs> wait, wait. We're <laughs> still ta- talking about chapter thirty-six, right? Right. We're we, we're going back and we're going over the points of chapter thirty-six. Okay. okay, I have something to say about it when we're done. Continue. Okay. So that's the end of this scene, and then we have the next scene, which is written from the perspective of Breeze. And Reese was soothing Sazed and Tindwell, or at least from his perspective, he thinks he was soothing them. So this doesn't exactly clear Tindwell uh, as the Chandra, but I think, I don't know, it's seeming less and less likely. Plus, I, I'm, I still feel really good about my prediction from last. Officially you want, you want to refresh with, us on what that is specifically? Uh, uh, yes, my prediction as for the identity of 
the rogue Contra, or supposedly rogue Contra, is that Doxin is the Contra, and in fact, the Contra's master was also Doxin. Doxin couldn't bear the guilt of joining in with the revolution, so he committed suicide, but, you know, Doxin isn't just going to up and leave and leave a mess behind him, so he trained up his replacement in Contra form. Right. Doxandra. Doxandra. Because I think it's a female Contra. And possibly Vin's mother, but probably not. <laughs> we All we need right. to, like this whole theory crafting game <laughs> section for every episode. Okay. So now we're gonna have a chapter from Breeze's perspective. Yeah. And he suspects that the the animosity between them is too deep for them to really be enemies and that they really deep down care about each other and possibly even had a romantic past. So he kinda nudges them along. And as he says it uh, it's not, he's not coercing them or tricking them into doing anything that they wouldn't have done normally. He's just speeding up the process a little bit. Getting so, the pesky emotions out of the way. Just, you don't need those parts. Certain emotions. Yeah. So Breeze and Clubs are having a bro date. They go and they're drinking some wine. And I was just thinking at this point that Clubs would be a good candidate for Contra because he is a smoker. So it's like, well, I don't detect clubs burning anything. But on the other hand, as turns out later in this chapter, even that uh, Vin can actually sense him burning copper because you can pierce copper clouds. And also, you know, it wouldn't be that foolproof because just the absence of a copper cloud would be suspicious. Yeah. It wasn't you expect it to be there and it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to test for. You don't need any Malatium for it. So Alarian hops in and becomes a third wheel on their bro date. And there's this whole scene, this is still written from Breeze's perspective, that uh he's, you know, kind of falling for her, but he's like, No, you gotta resist this. He's like a third your age, right? And so I'm thinking, well, Alarian might be an alamancer. She might uh, be a soother or a rioter. And, sh- and she might actually be the one manipulating Breeze. Whereas Breeze was thinking that uh, he was inadvertently, because of reflex for him, soothing her and kind of tricking her into falling in love with him. So that idea is kind of hinted at and thrown out there. And it's there for you to pick up. But if you don't pick it up, then two paragraphs later, Vin answers the question. Uh, so, <laughs> Alaran is confirmed to Alamancer. And prob- from reading, I-, I thought probably a rioter. I think I just wrote the wrong word in my notes. But anyways. And and Vin knows because she is adept with bronze and she can actually tell which metal is being burned based on the pulses they give off. So, Alaran is rioter. And I don't know if, all right, you guys answer me here. Were there some more obvious clues about Alaran being a rioter that I should have picked up on before? Or is this just kind of like, uh, you have three seconds to get this. Three, two, one. Okay, she's a rioter. I think it just sort of gets thrown at us here. Okay. Yeah. There, I mean, there's not too many scenes with Alaran. You know, they, they go dress shopping and, I don't think she really does anything that shows that she's rioting at that point. Because I think Vin would have picked it up at that point. 
if if she was. We get some um, hints that she like manipulates people, but not necessarily yeah. alimentically yet. Okay. Eh. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed it's to be a big problem. like mystery or surprise. But uh there it is, yeah. Uh, it, it just, I think it would have been cool if there was just like this subtle hint in one of her previous scenes, but it doesn't yeah. really change anything, so it's fine. So anyway, as I said, Vin does actually sense clubs burning copper, so all three of these dudes are in the clear, clubs, Breeze, and Alrian. And Vin's like, all right, I'm out of here. Let's go kick Demo's butt and follows <laughs> Demo out of the city. She and Orsor. That's and a long chapter. Uh, yeah. She finds that Demo is meeting up with the Church of the Survivor, and he's kind of a figurehead. I don't know if he's actually officially any form of clergy with the Church of the Survivor, but definitely is looked up to. And, you know, he's had probably the most direct influence from Kelsier out of the people in the Church of the Survivor. Uh, Kelsier had that incident with Demo where he was using Alamancy to help him win the little the little bar fight that uh, that was in the caves, cave bar fight, which actually just came out uh, those chapters in the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast last week, and and this week actually was when we go back to the caves and find Demo and the the handful of loyal testicles. I'm just gonna here. confuse all of our listeners. Loyalist. Like, wait, what is he talking about? Anyways, this so, is the episode that came out. They know that there's period of time between recording and release. That's fine. How many times have we had a good thing? We're like, this is totally something that's coming out in two months. By the time you hear this, it'll be too late to buy it. Like, Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but we don't go back in time. We, we go, we don't go present. Time. We go present in time? That doesn't yes. make sense, Craig. <laughs> We've discovered the secret to time travel by moving at the normal rate of time. <laughs> Just I normally. can go forward their time in one hour per hour. So, Vin and Oysor, Demo. Okay, so Demo, you know, is uh, telling the people to make sure that their representatives in on the assembly vote for Ellen as king. And there's apparently some kind of prophecy that the survivor picked Ellen to be king and that Vin would restore the world so that the sun is yellow and the grass is green and and Vin turns to Orsor and she's like you tell him this you appeared to him as Kelsier did did you say all this stuff and Orsor's like nope wasn't me so I have no idea where this stuff's coming from out of the ballpark left field into the pits I'm not sure if we'll get we a uh a spoiler time this week but next time we do have spoiler time i i want to get back to this but you need to have spoiler time to discuss my theories from last week about chondroxin and about the deepness being chondra that's true because we missed out last week we had a short episode i think we should have one. i mean doc sandra i'm sorry i think chondra. we'll have a spoiler section this episode if it's a boy chondra his name is chondroxin girl chondra his name is doc sandra <laughs> We have to make sure we get it right in our discussions. <laughs> so we have gendered Chondra name etymology. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I can just tell. Like Vin. So, you know, uh, Vin fronts Demo about uh, his little meeting there and doesn't get mad. She just says, 
this looked like a genuine scene from the real demo and i don't know if i should have jumped to the conclusions about him being the conjurer and that's the end of chapter 36 anything else to discuss i believe craig had something i just appreciate the perspective of breeze it's it's i i appreciate having these alternate viewpoints especially mm. with a character that's as interesting as breeze because you see how he acts but when you finally see his perspective he's different he's and... totally fraser crane sure <laughs> yeah i just wanted to point out that i really enjoyed the breeze perspective if he were more interested in the relationship he'd be niles <laughs> all right chapter 37 says it and tindwell stay up all night and have a study date they discover that vin he'd be right about the deepness being the mist or some change thereof says it is the most contrite rebel that tindwell has ever known Tindwell mentions leaving Luthadel. Tindwell convinces Sazed to convince her to stay. Ellen takes a walk <laughs> and gets an idea when he sees Straff sets armies scuffling. So this uh, chapter mainly revolves around Sazed and Tindwell talking about their past. And, you know, Tindwell uh, was looking forward to finishing her time as a breeding mother and going back to the Paris Council. But Sazed had already been kicked out. And they're also they're studying this uh this steel etching that Sazed found, the charcoal rubbing that he made of it. And maybe Vin's right about the deepness being the mist, or maybe the mist changed in some way, and that's what the deepness is. Uh really no more details about that. This this really is more of like a backstory of Sazed and Tindwell chapter. And, you know, Tindwell's like well, all right, well, Ellen doesn't need me anymore. Time to move on and offer my services to to Straff Venture because she has to remain neutral and keep her and she has to give everybody the same opportunities, but they they probably, you know, wouldn't bother to learn from her anyway. And Caesar's like, Oh, well, I'll miss you, see you later. And <laughs> I don't works. think he says it quite like that. Caesar's like, Alright, peace. <laughs> no, she's just like, do what you gotta do. But Tindwell's like, aren't you gonna try to talk me into staying? Can't you give me any reason whatsoever why I might not want to go? And, you know, Sazed eventually gets the hint and, you know, they have a little moment. Uh, they, you know, Sazed feels bad because unable to be physically intimate with her because of his uh, condition and you know Tindwell might be tired of that anyway I don't know but <laughs> then we cut to Ellen taking a walk on the uh, on the wall on the bulwark and sees a little scuffle between Sets and Straff's armies and he suddenly gets an idea and we'll find out what the idea is in chapter 38 so chapter 38 no 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 stop stop oh. You had your chance. What's Please. <laughs> Dude, I love the scene with Sezed and Tindwell. Like, rereading re it, and, well, just even the first time I read it, like, it is so good. Um, it's I a legit, very sweet scene. It is. It is. I, I, I really like that. And then rereading, I'm like, when I, uh, most recent time of rereading, I'm like, oh, it's good stuff. Chapter yep. 38. That was fun. 
Chapter 38, it's election day. Ellen <laughs> joins Church of the Survivor. The man in the back said, everyone attack. <laughs> and it turned into a ballroom blitz. And Vin in the corner said, hey, diddle diddle. And a man jumped over the cats in the cradle. I, I think we lost the thread of this. Uh, I'm really sad that I didn't think to say that when they actually were hanging out in ballrooms. Pretty upset with myself. <laughs> so it's election day. Everyone gets together. They're about to have the vote and everyone gets to do their opening speeches. And Ellen is announcing that he will officially join the Church of the Survivor so that he can secure the votes of the Ska Assemblymen. Remember, he does not need to win the vote. He merely needs to prevent anyone from getting two-thirds. And as he's giving his speech, the ruckus happens, and a bunch of fights break out, and they try to kill Ellen and Vin, and Vin... Uh, Vin, like, burns pewter and Duralumin at the same time and blows all her pewter, and which I, I thought was a questionable move, but Orsor comes into the rescue with the backup vial. Actually, Vin had her own backup vial, but someone smacked it out of her, I think, and then Orsor showed up with a, another backup vial. Puppy to the rescue. Yay, puppers. And... You know, eventually the fight's over. Everyone survives, except for the bad guys. They all died. They, I don't think they figure out if they're from Straff or that, but more likely from Straff, I, I think, was the conclusion. Uh, or almost probably from Straff. And then, you know, Messenger shows up and he's like, hey, they're about to have the vote over at old man Penrod's house. So they're like, what? But this all happened. And then they go over to Penrod's house and they have the vote. And two people vote for Set, and 14 people, I think, vote for Penrod. They need two-thirds, so that's 16. And then everyone else votes for Ellen, so Ellen's got the deadlock that he needed. But then before the winner is announced, two of the, uh, two of the people that voted for Set ask if they're allowed to change their mind because they don't want their vote to be meaningless. So they instead vote for Penrod and Penrod comes king and Ellen hands over the crown. And that the end of part three. And I feel really bad for Penrod because now that he's king, there's no way that he's going to live. So look, legit. I, I know they, the Ellen has like that, that conscious, like I can lie and say, cause he knows the law and he could change it. But Honestly, that whole portion of the law was probably, I think Tyndall will agree, is crap. Like, <laughs> honestly, you have a public have, vote. They, yeah, you, you can have a public vote, but it doesn't have to be oral. Like, you can write in the votes. So right, that, it should be written in. It should be a blind vote in some way, because the fact that someone said something which changes your vote vocally completely changes the result like they say you know as long as the results haven't been announced you can change your vote but honestly it just means you can do the count in your head and be like oh i better vote for penrod so my vote actually means something because technically his vote did mean something it was a vote indirectly for ellen because at the time he got that deadlock like you mentioned yeah i think so, it's a, it a dumb rule I, I don't think that the vote should even be oral i think that's a mistake yeah so ellen 
Get your... Well, too late. You're not king anymore. How, how about we talk for a second about the fact that Ellen was such a crappy king that he couldn't convince a third of his ruling council to vote for him. And that includes uh, himself. Third. So all he needs all he needs is yeah, eight people to break. He had game. seven votes, so one is himself. He he convinced six people. Yeah, not even all the ska him. voted for him. Yeah, not even all the ska. Like, what, six like out of the eight ska voted for him. But yeah, all the merchants and all the nobles essentially went to Penrod. So Ellen hundred percent shouldn't be king here, because, dude, you 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 do you are not good at this whole fledgling democracy thing you were trying to start, my dude. He's not good in a time of crisis. I think Ellen is a peacetime ruler, and unfortunately, it was a wartime. So I I think Ellen is just trying to show us the dangers of democracy if we don't take it seriously. So what I mean is. You know, you know the saying, we're, we're always one generation away from freedom, right? Because we can always vote ourselves out of freedom by the people that we elect. So, you know, that's, Ellen is just trying to prove that point so that people will be uh, more appreciative of their democracy in the future. Thanks, Playing the Ellen. long game. That is the long game. But I mean, Penrod's just going to die anyway. Or the other thing that was kind of bunk here is that Ellen never got to finish his speech. He never got to make his defense on why he'd be made king. Yep. It's true. It was interrupted, and then they went on the other side of town to hold the vote. A very who knows, who knows what they said while he was absent. That's totally why he lost. But uh, maybe. I mean, Phylon apparently had this in mind all along this he had this smirk on his face like it was all according to his plan he, he probably even sent the assassins i don't know ellen completely ignoring um this this council for like us at least a solid month going into this you know emergency re-election thing that probably wasn't a good move well i think part of the problem is that ellen was just way too optimistic that he imagined that since people now had the power to sort of make laws and rule themselves, that they would sort of do that rather than, you know, play these political games to try to get power, which is what they ended up doing here. So part of the problem is Ellen is way too optimistic. In, I think in, the word is naive. Yeah, I would naive. I would second naive here. Dude was also, raised by Straff Venture. If, if, he, if he doesn't expect that, like... <laughs> Some some double dealing, some some betrayal is going to happen. Then he just didn't learn lessons that were taught to him. Yeah, I'm curious if Ellen's will still feel obligated to join the Church of the Survivor since he didn't get the vote from this guy that he wanted. Then I mean, he did get some votes for that. Not just not the the eight that he needed. Actually, he only needed seven as well. It was super close. No, he needed seven eight. ska, seven ska plus himself. No, that's only a third, which leaves two thirds. Well, that's true. Well, no, oh, that's true because you have to break the third. Yeah, the so he needs nine votes. All right, so he would need all eight ska. So we were supposed to do cast list this week. Oh no, Craig! I will shoot you with a gun. Oh yes, a whipped right. cream gun. Uh, so I just listened last week 
or uh, I just listened to our last cast list that just came out because I was editing it, and yeah, the I way we did it, it that morning. time was, um, I basically gave my list because I had like the most exhaustive list, uh, and then we just sort of went through each each um, each character. And if you yeah. had one, you threw it out there. Craig didn't have anything. He was a huge no, disappointment to everyone. <laughs> no, no, I'm a huge disappointment to myself. I only have like three this time. Three new ones, I should say. Dude, um, I got seven. Get on my level. So I would like to start with new characters, and I do have some like updated casting for um, older characters. Uh, so to start us off, we've got... Uh, Zane. And my top choice for Zane was Adam Driver. Oh, on the God! On the condition that we also <laughs> recast Elland also as Adam Driver. <laughs> okay, so honestly, he was the very first character I casted. I'm like, clearly Zane is Adam Driver. He's emo, he plays an emo pseudo-Darth Vader in, in the latest Star Wars films. He's emo. He's gonna be Zane. Done. Next. Yeah, it's it's a pretty easy casting because Zane is like exactly Kylo Ren. Although yeah. since this came out first, Kylo Ren is Zane. Yeah. Mm. Take that internet. So Tori, who do you have for for Zane? I also had Adam Driver. Yay! Woo! High five. Uh, I'm Dave? gonna give him a call. Adam Driver. Yeah, four-way high-five. Wait, did you really, Dave? I did, as of two minutes ago. Oh, Dave. Cheating. Hold on me. I've copied your answer. Yeah, I get it. I like it. Good one. All right. Did you uh, have anyone else in mind or no? uh, No one relevant. All right, moving on. Was it an animated character? No, it was someone who's honestly too cool to be... Well, no, say it. Who is it? I was uh, the only person I could think of was Robert Smith, the singer from the but Cure. From the Cure, but he's too cool to be saying. All right, I I kind of like Adam Driver better though. Yeah, same. That's why I, he's my choice. Uh, okay. All right. So next up, um, I'm bringing an actor that I picked back uh, this time for set. Uh, I have Ian McShane. Last time I also cast him as Menace. I think we could do him for both. You had him cast for who? Menace, uh, the old man from the prologue and Menace. then middle of the book from the first oh, book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I still don't remember that character. And <laughs> you're bringing him in for who now? Uh, for Set, Lord Set, Ashweather Set. Ashweather Set. Ashweather. Um, now, see, for my for my Lord set uh, because they mentioned he's got a son wandering around. Um, I went with uh, Brendan Gleeson and his son Donald Gleeson. Yeah, right. I think I think Donald Gleeson would be a bit of a waste for Jordan, who gets right, I say right. one he line would, yeah. and has a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, he deserves to have a bigger part because he is an excellent actor. But when I was thinking of the gruff and purposely rude and bearded Lord yeah, Set. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he already clubs? 
I could see him doing it. Um, I have a controversial pick. I, know, I decided for Set to go with Eddie Izzard. Oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I like that. <laughs> I, I feel like he could easily oh. pull it off. Did something break? Everyone's just in shock at my choice. I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, Dave, what'd you have for, for Lord Set? John Goodman. Hmm. That's okay. also pretty good. That is also a good yeah. one. These are really good picks all around, I think. Only thing is, John Goodman is too, like, in, in my mind of Set, like, he's not a big guy, like, tall and sort of intimidating. Um, really? I don't know. Is I he mean, described? Aside, aside from not being able to walk, I'm pretty sure he's pretty big. Okay. I think he, he's overweight. Certainly. It was John Goodman. No offense, I, Mr. Goodman. Yeah. I, I think I John Goodman could absolutely him. knock it out of the park. Like, he's, that's an excellent <laughs> oh, yeah, choice. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, I have Straff Venture, and my choice to, pay, to play him uh, was Jason Isaacs. That is Lucius Malfoy, Jason uh, Isaacs. Okay. I did similarly. I went with um, <laughs> Charles Dance, who plays Tywin Lan- Lannister. I found a picture of Jason Isaacs kissing Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, man. Um, I I saw Charles Dance when I was when I was like trying to find someone to to do this, and I just I feel like he's just too old. I think he's too old. I, I don't know. I feel like Straff is, I guess he's probably in his 50s, well, late 40s, early 50s. So I'd have to go slightly a, a younger Charles Dance. No, I, I actually also went with Charles Dance uh, because I'm in the middle of my Game of Thrones rewatch mm. for the new season in April. It's just the uh, same type of character. Yes. So that's that's why I went with him. All right, Dave, once again. Nope, couldn't think of one. Dang. Um, all right, so next one, I've got Alrien set. I actually have two picked for this. The first is if we have access to time travel, then I want Mean Girls era Rachel McAdams. Hmm. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and then the second choice, if we don't have access to time travel, uh, Melissa Benoist who is Supergirl on the current show, Supergirl. Uh, my pick for Alrian was Natalia Dyer, who plays Nancy. Oh, no. I also picked her, but for something else. For Finn? Well, Nancy Wheeler on... St- oh, Stranger Things. Uh, um, I had, like, some choices, so I'm like... I don't know. I, I, I'm i not fully sold on her. I have a few names. I'm just going to throw them out here. I put down maybe Amelia Clark, who's Daenerys. Sure. Margot. I don't know. I can't say these names. Margot Robbie. Uh, yeah, she was uh, in Suicide Squad. She was Harley yeah, Quinn. Yeah, Harley Quinn. And Amanda Seyfried. All right. A bunch of I can see I, all of those. Like, I'm just like picking someone who might be who could play that little bubbly noble type the pink person. thing. The pink thing. The pink pop. Um all right, Dave, did you have an Elrian pick? Uh 
Quinn Morgendorfer. <laughs> All right. I got I I actually got who you meant for that. Yeah. From Daria. Yep. But that requires time travel and making an animated character be a real person who hey, is also an actor. She's perfect for the part. That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right. Uh so next up I have for Tindwill, um Aisha Tyler who if you watch Archer, she's the voice of Lana Kane. She's also a stand-up comic. She's been in a bunch of stuff, actress-wise. Like she's, she's everywhere at this point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely see her. Um. So okay, I have a multi-part answer. Physically, so so I have two. I have two answers. Two main You're answers. So on one, what I did for David. One physically, I'm like maybe. The actress who plays Tahani, uh, in Good Place, in uh, the Jamila Al Jamil, yes. Um, but but like, I mean, okay, she's an actress, so maybe she could just pull it off. But like, like act like the personality. I'm thinking someone like if we had a very young like Maggie Smith or something. Um, but my other answer is just Zoe Saldana. That's also pretty good. Craig, you can't pick everyone from Harry Potter. No, no, I do Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right, Tori, who do you have for Tindwill? Um, so I was kind of liking the idea of Rachel Rice. All right, that's also not bad. Tell us what to do. Rachel Rice. Rachel Weiss. Weiss. She was in oh, the Weiss. Mummy movies, the first two, anyway, and Constantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know her. Um, all right, Dave. You have I a, a Tinwell. Uh, yeah, I did have Tinwell cast as, I'm sure, or rather, the other way around. Did have an actress for Tinwell. I chose Amy Lee Curtis. Okay. I think we'd want to go slightly back in time to before she became the face of Poop Yogurt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just say that she's she's storing youth. <laughs> <All right. movie. laughs> I don't know. All right. Yeah. She still looks that. good. Um, okay. Uh, my last new person is Jastis Lacal. Did anyone else have a Jastis? No. No, I thought about it, but I didn't see enough of a description of him to really go at that. I mean, he he's like a kid, about Ellen's age, right? So, All right, so um, I didn't cast him. So I went with Michael Pitt, uh, who has been in, uh, he was in Hannibal, the TV show. He was in Boardwalk Empire. He was in Dawson's Creek for like 15 episodes. So he's been in stuff. IMDBM, Michael Pitt, P-I-T-T. Yeah, I mean, that works. Like, he's a little old for it, but... He also looks about 10 or 15 years younger than he is, so yeah, I feel like yeah. he's got the, the right look for it. Yeah, okay. Um, did anyone else have any other new characters? Because that is the end of my new character list. Does I Penrod did. not count? Well, I have a Penrod. I Penrod's. did not have a Penrod, so let's hear your Penrod. Uh, I'm not sold on it, but I put down Don Donald Sutherland. What's T look like right. these days? I wanted like an old like regal type 
looking dude. And I think he looks like oh, Donald yeah, Sutherland has looked like for about 30 years. <laughs> I don't think he's actually changed <laughs> his appearance at all. <laughs> Basically, okay. yes. What about uh, Jeff Bridges? What about Jeff Bridges? Is As he dead? Enrod? Did you kill Jeff Bridges? <laughs> Again. Could be Penrod. Eh, I don't know. I mean, the, the personality doesn't fit, but he's an actor, so he can just act. Okay, maybe a little bit. He's done comedy. He can do anything. That's yes, what Mike says. <laughs> Comedy's the hard one. Right. Yeah. All right, Tori, did you have Even a Penrod? He, he's already menaced because Johnny Cash is dead. No, I didn't think of a pen. All right. Uh, did anyone else have any other new characters? I have one more. I ha- I cast Orsur, and the physical part of Orsur will be played by Sirius Black. Not the actor, the actual dog, Sirius Black. <laughs> but his voice should be done by the guy that did the voice of Zeratul in StarCraft 1. Freaking Yo, you posted that? I'm like, voice. all right, I can definitely hear it. I think that he might be dead, so let's just go with Tony J instead. It's Tony J. All right. But if if Zeratul is still, still kicking it, I definitely want... I always imagine Zeratul's voice coming out of that puffer. So no, I, if, if time travel is an option, then I want Alan Rickman to... But he's already Hraithen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sarcasm, though. That would be so good. Um, I do have, if, if we're talking about Orsir, I do have voices for him. Since now that he's a puppy, we can just go for voice work rather than like someone who looks, well, well like Renault. Um, so I have a few names. Uh, Idris Elba. Sure. Okay. I was looking for like a deep like like presence. I could thing. listen to him all day. I was thinking James Earl Jones also, but I like Tony okay. Jay better. Um, I can't say his name, so I apologize. Jaman Hansu. Yeah. Jaman Hansu. Yeah. And yeah, I can get down with that. And of course, he's been doing a bunch of voice work too. So let's just throw in Benedict Cumberbatch because he can do a deeper voice. <laughs> That's true. That that would actually be good because he doesn't coexist with Ursor Pupper. All right. Yeah. Um, By he, I mean Kelsier, because I was I was already thinking of anyone Cumberbatch else. Kelsier. Any other? Because if Benedict Cumberbatch is playing Kelsier, then after Kelsier dies, and Orsir like he's already <laughs> playing himself <laughs> as Ursor. It's perfect. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> All right. Any other? Uh, new characters. New characters. Sounds like a no. All right. So then going back and recasting, I already mentioned that if I'm getting Al- Adam Driver to play Zane, I also want him for Elland. Um, I have another Elland potential of Jason Ralph from Sci-Fi's The Magician. You're going to have to remind me of who we picked last time because I haven't listened. Um... I don't remember. I listened to this last night, and then I posted the thing. I think Dave has has heard it more recently, but I don't remember who he settled on. For Kelsier? For Ellen. Or for Ellen? <laughs> I only remember Arnold from Magic School Bus. 
I think <laughs> that was. That... I, I think we did actually eventually get to Dan Radcliffe too. Yo, I was looking at a cast list earlier. Hold on, let me pull it up. Billy can... Zane is that someone's name? I remember hearing someone say that. Who's that guy? I think this Billy is Zane. Taylor Zane. Is not... <laughs> I was just thinking of Zane. <laughs> yeah, Bill, no, Billy Zane is not an Ellen pick. No. Oh, we check copied his answers. No, I didn't. I, I didn't use this, any uh, of the answers. Is this spoilers? No. Hey, someone be... someone cast Ellen Page as Vin. Knew it. I think. Um, oh, I, I kind of. I think I know who that who that is that they have for Ellen. Spook is Jesse Eisenberg. I know that's not him. Hey, someone put Renault as uh, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, that's okay. So technically, I copied the actor, and I feel like he's better for Penrod. That's. Let's see, and of course, Tywin. Okay, I sold to Tywin Lannister from this. So the uh, the Ellen they have in that picture looks like Benjamin Barnes. I think that's who it is. Is Breeze Louis C.K.? No, that's um Jim Gaffigan. Oh right, same thing. I meant Jim. Yeah, okay. I was no. thinking of Jim Gaffigan. Wildly different people. <laughs> um. One of them hasn't done terrible things to people and then ignored it and come back into comedy. Wait, who are we talking about? I don't know anything about anybody. Yo, Jim Gaffigan yo. versus Louis C.K.? Yeah. Okay. Wait, who, who did terrible things? Louis C.K. Okay. I like Jim Gaffigan. Um, and you're welcome to continue liking Jim Gaffigan. Good, good. He's you, a so pancakes guy, right? Have you guys seen Stardust? Yeah, of course. I... The, I watched it so many times, I, I like ruined a DVD of it and had to buy a new one to replace it. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. It's, it's, he's also Daredevil. Him, he could be our Ellen. Charlie Cox. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. I like that. There you go. That's my, my cast. My new old character cast. Charlie Cox. I, I stand by my original pick for um, Breeze of Colin Firth. And I I do remember that one, and I, I also remember liking that more than my own pick. Yeah, Colin me Firth too. is a great breeze. Uh, I'd say Kelsey Grammer, but I think Colin Firth is probably just like a better version of Kelsey Grammer. Well, I mean, they're not really the same, but 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 would be better at breeze than Kelsey Grammer. Right? Yeah, yeah, I could so I could sort of see him. All right, uh, for Vin, um. My original pick was uh, Firefly and Serenity era Summer Glau, which I still stand by. But if we can't time travel, then I want to go with Natalia Dyer, who Tori just brought up as Alrien. I think she'd be a better Vin. Okay. Maybe. Once again, from Stranger Things, which if you haven't watched Stranger Things yet, I don't know why. All right, uh, and then my last recast, uh, Spook, I have as Taron Egerton uh, from Kingsman. He's been in some other stuff, but I know him from The, the main character? Yeah, Eggsy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, he's a little old for it, but he also looks super-duper young, so I think yeah. he can pull it off. I could sort of see him as Spook, actually. So, does anybody else have any other recasts that they would like to throw out? Yeah, I was... I recast Marsh, and 
I decided to make him David Hyde Pierce because he's pierced his eyes with steel spike. <laughs> I mean, David Hyde Pierce is a is a great actor, and I'll watch him in darn near anything. So yeah, I can combine that. But he's also like the stuck up brother, so I really I like it. All right, anybody else got anything else? Wait, he's kind of old too. David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Frasier was a while back, my dude. It was like mid-90s, right? So that's like at least 20 years ago. He was born in 59. So, all right, why don't we go ahead and end the episode here? Wait, do we don't want any spoiler time? We're already at an hour. She didn't talk about my theories from last week. And we're not going to talk about them this week either, but next week we should be. We should have plenty of plenty of Yeah, just remember... Time. Everything we need to discuss in the next spoiler episode section of the next episode. Yep. All right. Bye, Internet. Bye, Internet. Good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.